Hello, and welcome to another Sunday morning edition of Collision Catch-Up. My name is Aaron Grant. Should you say welcome back to Collision Catch-Up? That's true. As I was doing it enthusiastically, I was like, I guess we did miss a week. Yeah, so welcome back to Collision Catch-Up. Uh, that is Aaron Grant. I am independent wrestler of the standard Matthew Grant. One of your HWE Tag Team Champions, the current Crossbody Pro Wrestling Internet Champion. If you want me to buy, or buy, wow. If you want me to win more belts, book me for your promotion. Pay me. Pin me. Make his, in, do. make his intro longer. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us here on SME Radio. Thank you very much for uh, Sunday Night's Main Event for hosting us as always. Check out the rest of the shows on the network. Show the same love you show to us to every single show on the network. Whether it's pro wrestling, pop culture, music, MMA, everything. Under the Sun is pretty much covered under this network. So go check out the rest of the shows. And again, show some love. But uh, I say without further ado, do you already have a top three together? I do have a top three. I haven't written them down because in my mind I keep shuffling them. I think I've nailed it down. Okay. I I think I have nailed it down. Because I realized as we were starting up that you definitely didn't have a list. I didn't write anything down. No, I've been, because I've just been thinking on it. But uh, yeah, I knew I do have my top three. Uh, My number three, not being a match, but being a promo. Okay. Specifically the promo done by Claudio Castanoli and uh, John Moxley the uh blackpool combat club as wow, they you are really struggled with that i <laughs> you're just staring at me look right now. because i don't want to say the bcc because i'm gonna mess it up and call it bbc yes <laughs> so i have to really think about it every combat one in the big black cowboy <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to mess it up one day so that's why i'm like no i have to do the whole thing but their promo backstage uh coming after ftr um two of the most intense tag teams i would say yep. uh I mean, Blackpool Combat Club, the intense faction, I I guess. But either way. Um, There's a lot of intensity going on in that faction. There is a lot of intensity. And I am just so excited to see that come to fruition and see that match come together. Uh, hell, hearing, a, hell of a way to establish tag team wrestling, too. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously Moxley and Claudio not necessarily known for being a full-fledged tag team. However, with you, with you saying them being in a faction, facing off against easily one of the best tag teams in the world, like... That's a great selling point for Revolution. And two completely different contrasts in tag team matches when you look at that match compared to Sting and Darby against the Young Bucks. So you very, very different. But even hearing them get into the detail of their own intensity and talking about how, uh, to them, uh, a timed finish isn't really satisfying. Yep. They And they, they don't really... Get paid by the hour, they are there to win as quick as possible. And like you said, yeah, time limit finish uh, isn't something that they're happy with at all. And that they only really brought out a fraction of what they're capable of. So I'm incredibly just excited to see this match. Well, essentially accusing FTR basically blowing their gasket in their first bout. And uh, I'm very intrigued to see where this goes for Revolution as well as the build to Revolution. I know we've only got one week left. However, you can do a lot of... Uh, build in a week we've seen it in the past oh yeah 100 percent. but uh, this uh, has been built up pretty decently over the past couple of weeks however i'm intrigued to see they do have a trios match spoiler alert announced for dynamite this week as we'll we'll dive into uh the rest of the card in a little bit here and kind of explain how that goes down but i think this uh promo really solidified for me that probably one of the things i'm most excited about excited for sorry with revolution is the tag team matches yeah yeah, yeah. 
All right, getting into my number three for this week. Um, I got to be honest, I'm back and forth as well. Um, I think I'm going to go with my number three being Malachi Black versus Brian Keith. Um, when this okay. match was announced, I was genuinely surprised for multiple reasons. For one, it's been like easily over a year, closer to two years since we've seen Malachi in singles action. So that was a pleasant surprise. And Brian Keith getting the opportunity as well. Um, not necessarily overly surprised about that, but him getting the match against Malachi made me so stoked for Collision. Uh, between that and Akiyama and Danielson for the main event, I was like, let's go. Like, I'm sold totally on this show. And uh, this match delivered. I, I really enjoyed the way these two guys matched together. Um, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with the House of Black right now um, on the separate side of the spectrum. Um, getting in people's heads and almost bringing out like a a darker, more aggressive side. We've seen it with FTR. Um, we're kind of seeing it even with Mark Briscoe now where uh, Malachi victorious with the black mask at the end, uh, the spinning heel kick on – or spinning roundhouse kick, I should say, on Brian Keith. And after the match, the lights go out. I immediately was like, oh, Brian Keith's going to die. No, the lights come back on, and Mark Briscoe is there with a kendo stick just waiting. Just ready. Just ready. Full heel, just coming after him. And genuinely surprising Malachi Black. And I think that was what was the coolest for me, was seeing that moment. Because uh, when this happens, we see Mark Briscoe. I know you quietly say, you're like, and lights are going to go out again. Black, uh House of Black comes out. Yeah. But no, they just ran out. They wasted yeah, no was a, time. That was a pleasant surprise, too. That was like a nice touch. Mark Briscoe almost taking the lights out effect away from them to the point where, yeah, the, the other two had to rush to the ring. And Mark Briscoe getting the best of the, the faction. It was an interesting dynamic, to say the least. He took their element of surprise. And I think that's what I like the most about this. Yeah. Which, honestly... Um, I went back and forth on whether this was going to be my number two or my number one. So I'm going to put it at my number two for now since you just covered it and say that you could go straight to your number two as that uh, that was mine. No, I, I can't agree more. Like, honestly, I'm really enjoying the back and forth again with Mark Briscoe and the House of Black right now. Because also super intriguing because I'm curious to see who he ends up teaming with. Right. As, you know, obviously... It's really great to see him in this singles action, but at the end of the day, House of Black is a faction. Although the aggressiveness getting the best of Mark Briscoe, pulling out a spike, about to spike Malachi Black, spiking the turnbuckle, turning into a spinning roundhouse kick from Malachi, and then the double team finish from the House of Blacks. Again, once again, putting a kind of a, a stamp on the fact that nobody's saving Mark Briscoe. So like you said, yeah, who is going to Who's going to save Mark Briscoe? As we, you know, clearly talked about it a little bit with uh, what we were talking about before, but FDR's kind of moved on. They're they're in their own thing right now. Yep. No hard feelings with them and Mark Briscoe, but in reality, they're both just, they've got their own st stuff to worry about. As we move into my number two for this week, and again, going really back and forth on what I would consider to be that, I think my number two for this week is actually Brian Danielson versus Jun Akiyama. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this match. Um, there was so many levels of storytelling to this match that I really appreciated as well. Um, from the moment that Brian came out, the disrespect was there, obviously, with Eddie Kingston them building up their match for Revolution. Akiyama comes out, and Brian's you know showing respect and whatever. But Akiyama makes it a point to like 
making an acknowledgement to Eddie Kingston, who like that's his freaking hero, man. So he's like over the moon, like he's like, yeah, like acknowledging it and everything. And you know, the match happens. Um, back and forth. Like, I was gonna say, back fantastic match and hard hitting as hell. Like there was a point where there was a knee drop on the apron that was disgusting. Um, there was a few things that really stood out to me in this match, but obviously getting to the, the finish of the match, Brian Danielson up and what really got to me was after the match, Danielson extending the hand to Akiyama, um, them having, or sorry, first off, I should say flipping off Eddie Kingston, which pissed off Akiyama. So he slapped Danielson. Danielson's like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, sends his hand out for Shake respect. Shake my hand. Shakes his hand. Immediately kicks Akiyama in the dick. Kingston flying in on Brian Danielson for the assault. So just, like, playing with Eddie Kingston's mind in more ways than one, where he's constantly talking shit about Eddie, but also fucking with his heroes as well. Well, because we watched uh, side-by-side of when Eddie finished his match against Akiyama uh, Akiyama versus when Danielson finishes his match against Akiyama. And Eddie, at the end of his match, immediately drops to his knees, bows down, gives him the utmost sign of respect that he could possibly give him versus Danielson, who just wants to basically make a mockery of him. Yep. Which, like, again, what disrespect. Because that was, this is a match that really made me, I always appreciate, like, the technicality that comes in uh, quite often New Japan and that style of wrestling. And just such a good match, technically. Um, The other thing to note, too, is, like, I guess it's kind of like a sidebar to this whole thing is Danielson cut a promo actually prior to the match as well. And... It seems like with the uh, Kingston feud, he's getting more and more aggressive and more and more heated and like out of his element, which is a really nice touch because when he beat Kingston way back, um, it ended up like throwing Kingston into kind of like a a dark path until he won the Continental Crown and he got his win back over Danielson. And now Danielson's kind of going through that same dark path where the, the win that he needs to get back against Kingston is like overwhelming him. It's like overpowering him. It's, um, it's taking over all control that he really has over being a good human, I guess is the best way of putting it. Well, and it's kind of also evolved because like it went from at the beginning, we were so heavily putting over just the not caring style of disrespect coming from Danielson of, uh, you know, nonchalantly, you know, walking away and, uh, blowing Eddie off and like fl- like little things like flipping him off but not even like paying attention not to actually looking after. at him yeah. having his music hit as Eddie is leaving the ring mm-hmm. just completely squashing all the mind Eddie's games moments. and I think the mind games have flipped at this point and now Eddie's playing the mind games with Danielson being the champion being the guy who has the win over Danielson so. and now Danielson's hit his point where it's not really a the game anymore point. yep it's not a game anymore. He's like, okay, what? It, now it's getting serious. Well, he's not. He, he mocked Eddie's promos. He he was just mocking the fact of like Eddie being the champion and he he wanting to take that championship away from him at Revolution. So yeah, yeah, it, it was. There was a lot of intensity for Brian Danielson on this episode of Collision, and honestly, I'm here for the character development and it's making me again very excited to see the outcome of this build because it's been a very well done build. Yeah. 
All right, getting into my number one, which again, had a hard time choosing, but I uh, couldn't get through this show without acknowledging our opening match between... I, that's my number one. As is well. that your number one as I, well? I, I think there's no question. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed with a couple of things that happened in the match. I mean, I'm more particularly the finish. But... Just to, to get into the details, sorry, the opening match of Sammy Guevara versus Powerhouse Hobbs, no DQ. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, yeah, I was going to say, finish your thoughts. So, the finish, um, there was a lot of cool bumps in this match. So, you had uh, Hobbs give Guevara a spinebuster from the apron through two tables. You had Guevara bust out a gigantic ladder, put it Huge inside ladder. the ring to two tables to Hobbs on the outside. And then the finish, you had uh, Sammy set up a table. Sorry, prior to the uh, Swanton onto Hobbs on the outside onto the two tables, Sammy ended up cracking two beer bottles over his head. And, like, stolen beer bottles from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good touch. Um, but, yeah, getting into the finish itself, uh, seemed like Sammy was setting Hobbs up for something off the top rope. You could tell just from the positioning of the ref that something was going to happen. That's the only thing I really didn't like about this finish is it really telegraphed Hobbs was going to do something to. And, like. It's just those little things that I'm just like, sometimes when the finish is affected, it does take away from the match. Um, I don't think it took away from the match. Genuinely, Hobbs did need a big victory. It was just those little nitpicky things that I'm like, eh. I feel like it's nitpicky things when, it, I know for us particularly, we pay a lot of close attention to the ref during yep. a match. As someone who, uh, you were a former ref, I just have a great appreciation for the ref's role in a wrestling match. So I think we may pay attention to the ref more than your average uh, viewer. Yep. And so for us, sometimes if we can see the ref doing something specific, we're like, and we know what's coming. Yeah. And like, again, like it didn't really take away from the finish for me, to be honest with you, but no. it was just a nitpicky thing. And again, it was really good to see Hobbs get a victory where he needed that. Um, and I think it doesn't really hurt Sammy either in the fashion that, he lost as well as the showing that he had in the matches. Yeah. No, it was a fantastic showing. Sammy doing Sammy things. As soon as we see him pull up the big ladder, we gave each other that look of like, what now? Yeah, pretty much. And then like, I'm I'm expecting him to put it outside the ring, but then he puts it inside the ring. And I'm like, yo, that just added like an extra, like, Several feet to your jump. I know we're both started suddenly doing math. We're like, how high is he? <laughs> like it's this like, is insane. Legitimately ridiculous. But um, yeah, no. Um, I do think that this Don Callis family stuff is kind of over the top and just unnecessary. To be honest with you, especially the involvement of Jericho and Sammy with the Don Callis family after all this time. I do look forward to Revolution, where we're seeing Will Ospreay against Takeshka. To, that's exciting to Don Cow's family guys going at it well because however, again the, I kind of they it kind of left a powerhouse on the outside in and this weird however spot. the the faction itself I'm just I'm kind of over it and that's the thing I've kind of lost track that's the only thing I have to agree that I'm kind of interested in is that moment where they were talking about the Takeshka Will Ospreay and uh powerhouse Hobbs kind of looking a little left out so well you I, keep in mind too somebody who's having visa issues another member of that family is the current ring of honor television champion Kyle Fletcher who's been kind of uh, MIA and nowhere to be found right now. So. I forgot he was involved. Like, again, I've kind of lost track. And that's the thing, too, is the faction has kind of had to pivot several times because of situations like this. I mean, they had Sammy in the group for a week, and then he ended up going away to 
uh, on maternity leave with Ty to. Well, because he got hurt, and then oh, that's right, he ended up getting concussion, and then he it got a concussion, up. and then right, it kind right. of led into his paternity leave and all that. So it's it. Yeah, it, I said maternity, paternity. You right. did, but it's I got close what you enough. Meant. Close, close enough. enough. Same idea. Um, no disrespect, Ty. She's the one who pushed out a baby, but uh, you sure. know, it's a uh, sometimes things happen beyond control and that does unfortunately lead to these situations where you kind of lose track of the story a little bit and again it's not really any fault of the John Callis family and any of the story building. I don't think it's any fault of the talent in general it's just kind of sometimes the story like I, I can speak in honestly like situations that I've been in where you don't necessarily believe in the story but you're you're just doing your job and yep. unfortunately that sometimes comes across as not as genuine as other moments if that makes sense yeah so. and like i said then when you throw in the details of there's injuries there's yep. oh there's always stuff for, going on for lack of a better phrase shit happens a good old phrase card subject to change card subject to change shit happens it it is what it is yep. and unfortunately when you've been building a storyline like this it can kind that's of force dragged it out to, as much as and, it has. and that's the other thing is that there's one of the greatest i'm trying to think of the word one of the best things about aw and also sometimes the worst things is their long-term storytelling detriment detriment maybe but i was trying to think of the positive word for it oh, because enough. it's it's both a great thing and it can be a bad thing well, here's with the, thing, the long-term the storytelling where sometimes it if you nail it and you get that long-term timeline yeah. right it can be absolutely mind blowing, but then there it does give it that ability to drag out absolutely. a little too. Well, this long. feud went from being Doncast family against Jericho and Omega to Omega getting out, Sammy randomly coming back, Sammy getting involved, seeming like he was going to be back with Doncast family, not with Doncast family, and then this is just and again, that's yeah, and that's where it gets confusing too. Is Sammy kind of just like flip flopping, playing jump rope yeah. with the Don Callis family? Is he in? Is he out? What's happening at this point? Obviously, it's solidified. He's not with the family at this point, but it's yeah. It took a while to get to this point, and it's like eh, and again sometimes disinterested. So, yeah, and again, it's like I I have a lot of respect and love for long term storytelling, but if it starts to hit that dragging point, I I lose interest. Yep. But I believe that being our top three for the show, uh, I will dive into the rest of the card really quickly, and then we'll wrap things up here on Collision Catch-Up. But... Overall, I have to s just say before we dive into the card, I quite enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I uh, Looking back on it, because again, we always record the morning after to give ourselves some time to really uh, think and also see if there's any additional information we need to really gather. And looking back and reading through the card, I truly enjoyed this card. Also really fucking weird not coming back last weekend and doing an episode of collision catch-up just this becomes such a routine for us at this point yeah where like whether it's saturday night late at night whether it's sunday morning it's just routine for us to do this episode so we're both very routine oriented having, <laughs> well i had uh two big cross body shows last weekend which shut up cross body pro wrestling ended off season two of uproar last weekend huge event uh to kick off or sorry to end off the season so Watch for that when it comes out. Had a big triple threat match against Rajon Husher and D. Smith. But um, I guess in that in that scenario, it was nice to not have to record last weekend as agreed. we were exhausted. But at the same time, it was like you know we still kind of missed it. Also, another quick crossbody plug, of course, up for every <laughs> single Wednesday, seven p.m. Eastern. Check it out before Dynamite. Yes, yes, uh, kind of ties in. But yes, um, yeah, no, no big 
recording after last weekend, which was really weird. So uh, to be back doing our thing here this week, we uh, we do appreciate the platform. So thank you very much, Justin, me for hosting us. Of course, let's dive into the rest of the card here. So we had FTR, uh, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler taking on Shane Taylor Promotions, team of Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty. Both the- of us really impressed by Shane Taylor this match. Yeah. So like. Not that I'm never not impressed by Shane Taylor, because honestly, anytime that dude's in the ring, like, literally blows my mind. But I think the biggest thing for me is, like, you look at who he's in the ring with, with Dax, with Cash, with Lee, even, and he is a very different body type from the rest of those guys in that match. However, he kept up, and if anything, in my personal opinion, he was the star of that match. 100%. Um, I think... Seeing Shane Taylor go from, you know, the independence to Ring of Honor to kind of that time where there was uncertainty to what he was doing in the future to being picked back up by Ring of Honor, getting his stride going in Ring of Honor, getting to the point where he's pretty much being featured on AEW television very regularly. I was going to say frequently, yeah. like we see him popping up on Collision quite often. The now. growth of Shane Taylor genuinely should be something to be like noted and honestly like appreciated i was gonna say admired yeah yeah that's another word as well like i i genuinely think the world of that dude and i think honestly like he is stepping up his game big time and he's continued to step up his game so um not taking away anything from the other three in the match because all three are freaking tremendous um but shane taylor man like again just continuing to step up his game and that's good for him man yeah yeah uh, we had another bout uh, pitting Thunder Rosa against, uh, I'm going to be honest, I did not catch the name. Local talent. Yes, an enhancement down, enhancement match for Thunder Rosa, making it very clear that she's c- continuing on her path to championship glory. So, Just a quick note for that match. Uh, shout out Thunder Rosa for the conclusion of the match as she pretends to take a puff off a cigarette and put it out on her opponent's ass. Yeah, shout out Kevin Nash. It was, uh, it was a great little uh, touch in there that did pop me. Um, kind of a throwback to Rampage, and then we'll dive back into Collision. As uh, previously the night before, we had Sky Blue and Julia Hart uh, addressing, uh, I believe the match had happened, if I'm not mistaken, on, on Dynamite? Yes, on Dynamite this past week, where uh, Stokely helped uh, Willow get the victory over Sky. Uh, Sky being pissed off about that. Julia being like, listen, I'll dig three graves for them. You just pick who you want first. Yep. And yep. Sky's like, I don't care whoever the hell wants to step up. So following it up to uh, from Rampage to Collision, Stokely Willow and Stat addressing that situation. And Stat just getting hot, being like, I'm a whip, like, I'm coming for your ass, Sky Blue. So yep. seems like uh, Stat and Sky Blue is our, our match in the future as Stokely looking on very pleased and uh, Will looking on very surprised. So uh, the aggressiveness of Chris, Chris Atlander moving coming up, out, moving up and in the ranks as uh, Stokely Hathaway doing his job clearly. I'm just enjoying that dynamic of those three. Just those three incredibly different dynamics that go together so well. Very much so. Um, we had one of the more awkward moments on Collision on this episode yeah. uh, as we had the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, the team of Colton, Gunn, Jay White, and Daddy Ass, uh, you know, members of the group making up a team to take on the Iron Savages. But honestly, that wasn't even the takeaway from the match and the segment. As I, 
I have a few takeaways from this match. Okay. All right. Um, so, well, first get into the... Uh, so, Max Caster, you know, classic Max Caster coming out to the ring doing his rap. He gets, I think, one or two lines in and then completely bails whether it was... Some people are claiming it was storyline because he made some sort of a comment about... He made a comment management. about management. That was the one line he got out was something about having an issue with management. He started to get into a second line where I think the rhyming word or the tag word I heard was red. Yep. And, and then, then he just bailed. Bailed on the rap. Um, whether it was storyline, whether it was him legitimately getting flubbed, you could see he was hot. Yeah, you could you could see the moment of him being genuinely disappointed in himself. It and that's took, why It took him about a minute or so to get back into like character and to really get himself going again with the antics and stuff but you and i think see that's why frazzled. i think that's why i i think it was more personally a bit of a flub yep. because he needed that moment to kind of be pissed at himself of like oh i messed that up and this is and, something you can work into an angle too like, oh absolutely and i'm sure they will but then he did kind of snap out of that mind frame and he's in there doing his usual like you know over the top antics. Over the top <laughs> antics, playing his title like a guitar, like you know, uh, more slapping it like a slap. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, I'm trying to make this a little bit more PG, but whatever. Can't do that with Max Caster. It's very true. Um, um, bang bang scissor gang up as well. Um, uh, Iron Savages are. There was a lot going on there. So the oversell of the Famouser popped me hard. Man takes the Famouser, pops back up, and sends himself over the top rope. Boulder, huge pop for me for that one. Um, what was your takeaways? This is just one of those matches where it felt like there was just like one or two steps behind. Like there was one team a step forward and one team a step behind where things just didn't quite line yeah, up no, the way I, they I, should. I do agree because we even had moments in the match where we were just like, oh, all right. That just was like, uh-oh, we could see what they're going for right here. And almost like the fucked up rap, the... Like the, the mistiming of the rap pretty much set the tone for that entire segment, and that kind of sucks because like everybody in that segment is talented as hell. Oh yeah, and that's why I say I'm not disrespecting either team because we we put over the Iron Savages for their enhancement stuff before, and and we love the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. However, sometimes as performers, you just don't mesh, and I think that's honestly what happened here. It don't mesh her again, just like you Have get a little. Fight. You have an off night, you get a little thrown off at the beginning, and then it just sort of dominoes yep. into, it just never quite gets back into the rhythm it needs to be. And the one other takeaway I will say has come from this particular matchup was the reminder of the familial connection of Daddy Ass literally being the father of Austin Colton Gunn, as uh, even since the united moment of the Bang Bang Scissor Gang coming together, I, you kind of forgot because Austin and Colton have done such a good job of going out on their own. Yeah, honestly, like it really, it really stands out, especially like the the hot comeback sequence, seeing Colton go out of his way to dive past Daddy as a tag in Jay White, clearly leading to a, a potential match between the the two in the future. However, whether that involves what a lot of people are speculating, the unification of the trios championships. Uh, AW Trios Championships of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles. I think it's time for that. Uh, there's no need for that many championships to be in AW right no. now. As well as, honestly, this is a, a perfect time to kind of wrap the bow on those championships. So um, I do do appreciate the fact that we are getting the fun times between the six of them. However, I, I do think this is leading to a future match between the, the six of them. 
Absolutely. And again, seeing that some of the tension coming out. Yep. yep. As we move into the final match we really haven't talked about on the show, Serena Deeb versus Lady Frost. Originally supposed to be Kira Hogan. Unfortunately, Kira Hogan medically uncleared. So, yeah, we have Lady Frost stepping into the position. And uh, regardless of who the opponent was, it didn't matter because uh, Serena picking up the victory in the end of things. So, Just, I will say, I love Kira Hogan, but Lady Frost is... Absolutely one of the more unspoken heroes for me uh, when it comes to the women's division of AEW. So I was I was pretty excited to see this uh, surprise matchup. Um, the two of them, really technical wrestlers going at it. We obviously know that uh, Serena Deeb, one of the best technical wrestlers. I don't even know what category I was going to say ever. She calls herself professional, professional wrestling for a reason. And uh, rightfully so, as after the match, taking the mic and making it clear... No matter who comes to AEW, she's the measuring stick. So I don't know if that's a particular setup for maybe a uh, a few, first feud for Mercedes Marti- or Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Monet, Ooh, the maybe. former Sasha Banks coming into AEW within the next couple of weeks, or uh, what that sets up. But uh, Serena putting everybody on notice in the women's division and uh, making it known that she's the gatekeeper, she's the benchmark of that division. So yep, she's the one that they basically need to uh, get past in yep. order to make make a. Uh, Make that division their own. Exactly. As we move in quickly to Rampage, we had a huge trios triple threat match on Rampage. I literally had to save the graphic to make sure I got everybody named. Uh, we had Private Party and Matt Slidell against Penta, Commander, and Brian Keith against Top Flight and Action Andretti, the throat road himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had Penta, Commander, and Brian Keith picking up the victory. Uh, we had a promo with Soraya and Harley Cameron, who just needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harley Cameron uh, talking about how Soraya's entire family is hot because Soraya introducing her brother who just got uh, signed to an All Elite Wrestling contract and literally Soraya spraying water on Harley Cameron like she's a cat and saying that she needs to get fixed. It was... That was the pop of the promo for me. For Fantastic sure. moment. Basically coming after uh, Ruby being like, hey, I was going to set you up with my brother. Yeah. Like, yeah. you had this chance, and uh, you kind of blew it. And Harley Cameron basically just jumping at the moment to be like, I'll take my chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had the EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, in an enhancement match. But the takeaway from the match was after the match, uh, Tony Schiavone once again getting into the ring with the EVPs, the Young Bucks. And... Uh, the Bucks apologizing to Tony Schiavone, giving him a $20 Amazon gift card or $25, whatever it was. <laughs> um, Tony asking if they can resend the $1,000 fine. The Bucks saying no. <laughs> and then saying that they're sorry for that, but they're not going to be sorry for beating the hell out of Darby on. They're not going to be sorry for ending the career of Sting. And they're not sorry for the fact that they can't get the blood stains out of their $5,000 suits. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just a over the top promo from the Bucks uh, building to the match to Revolution. Um, you had Sammy Guevara uh, setting up basically the match that we saw with Powerhouse Hobbs on the episode of Collision, uh, coming out on Rampage, talking about the Don Callis family, calling out Hobbs. Callis came out, led to a brawl between Hobbs and Sammy, which led to our no DQ match on Collision. And then the main event was Roderick Strong, the Undisputed Kingdom, against Jake Hager. And uh, Hager... A completely different uh, Hager than we've seen as of usual. Um, but still loving his hat. He loves his hat. Um, Orange Cassidy trying to help out Jake Hager, throwing in the hat, um, getting taken out by the Undisputed Kingdom, Taven and Bennett at ringside, causing a distraction. Roger Strong hits that high knee for the victory, continuously picking up victories. 
before his match against Orange Cassidy at Revolution for the International Championship. So that pretty much wraps up Collision and uh, Rampage for this week. I almost said Dynamite, but that is it <laughs> for our AEW coverage for this week. I am at Matthew Grant. First days of four, you can find me on all forms of social media. Keep up with what I'm doing in the world of independent professional wrestling, whether I'm defending the Crossbody Internet Championship, the HW Tag Team titles, or just trying to take a word independent wrestling as a whole. Follow me on that journey and uh, keep up with what I'm doing. I am so impressed with how many words you're able to get into that outro, genuinely. Honestly, same. But uh, you can find me on all forms of social media at Aaron154Grant to see what I'm up to. You never really know what I'm going to be up to. I kind of just try everything along the way. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Collision Catch-Up, and we will see you next time.